let me take a wild guess here. You're Brett, right? Correct. I thought so. Um, I got into Yale Law School. Check out the big brain on Brad. That's the number one law school in the country. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. I have no connections there. I got there by busting my tail. Looks like me and Vincent caught you boys at breakfast. Sorry about that. Did you have it? Beer. I still like beer. Mm. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down? Sometimes I had too many beers, but I did not drink beer to the point of blacking out. And I never sexually assaulted yes, anyone. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Brett. He is warm, friendly, unassuming. He's the nicest person. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. The moment has arrived. Uh, I am with the podcast posse. Yes, all three members, including myself. And this is kind of a big deal because this is like our first official episode, right? It is. It is our first ep- uh, official episode altogether. Altogether, yeah. I mean, we've oh, we've recorded separately with um, like different members, but... We finally got everybody together, so yeah. this is a kind of a big deal for me. That's why we uh, popped that uh, Centenario tequila. Yeah, yeah, uh, bring it over here. It's an exciting time. All right, I'll bring it over here. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we have tons of things to talk about. Um, what's going on in the world today? Is uh, there's no shortages of boredom. So hope you guys would be entertained. My boy Rico, how you feeling, brother? I'm feeling great. Feeling smooth. Happy to be here. Finally. Finally, right? Yeah, it's finally. like, how long have we been talking about doing this for a long time? Well, me and you, that's where it stemmed from, you know, when we got back from Cuba. Yeah, let's Cuba. do something creative, you know, let's, let's try to do a podcast. Yeah, it started with Cuba. That then, honestly, I'm kind of glad that we took our time with this because you don't want to rush a product that you're going to project out to the general audience. No, I mean, this is our first time too, so we, we're we going to be learning with the, with the audience. And yeah, for sure, for sure. And then um, we finally uh, wrestled Albert uh, here. Yeah, uh, this guy is uh, a bit resistant no. at times, but I think it's just his character flaw. My, <laughs> that's my character flaw. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's been a difficult time trying to link up with you guys. You know, I'm not in the area as much as you guys are, so um, I'm excited to do this. Though uh, we've had some recordings, but they're usually drunk at 2 a.m. Drunk so. talk. Yeah. You know, at, at like the brewery or something, which, which actually works. We're out, talking but. about things that we have no business talking about, but <laughs> hey, that's how it happens. Getting you fired up with your conservative views, definitely. Like, whatnot, you know, so. I gotta mix that. <laughs> gotta start the pot every every now and then. And uh, to my left, the lady of the group of the posse, Nay or D. What's up? Yeah. So me and Nay. We uh, recorded last week. It was kind of uh, like a trial run, but it, it actually, to my standards, it, it came out really, really good. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. So we'll be putting those out later. But we just want to launch this official one with all of us just so you guys can get a overall view on our personality characteristics, you know? So, yep. Yeah, it is what it is. So what are we starting with today? We are starting with... What do we have today? 
we have some we have tons of topics to talk about. Oh, so last week, or I'm not sure if it was last week, when I was recording with Nay, she didn't realize I was recording. I just wanted to do like a trial run, and she uh, broke down her phobia with whales. And for some reason, that topic sparked an interest in me because it was very interesting, and I started thinking about my phobias. But uh, Nay, if you could kick it off and just well, explain. Before we talk about like, because I think it could. Um, go into something that's more into um, phobias Uh, I think we should share kind of what we all are kind of scared of because I feel like people think my phobia is really weird right like right you guys think my phobia is weird but like I won't be scared of something maybe you're scared of so I think it's interesting to see like what everyone's probably like has a phobia I think your phobia is weird because I mean there's so much more things yeah. in that world that could be so, so much more dangerous to you. Yeah. So yeah. my phobia is a phobia of orca whales, not orcas. humpback whales, not whatever, blue whales, white whales, whatever, just orca whales, black and white whales. You're telling me that if you were next to a killer whale, orca whale, you wouldn't be scared? I would definitely be scared, but since there is studied research and data that states that there hasn't been not one death from in the wild. If you in didn't the, know this is that. different. In the wild, you're swimming in the ocean and you see an orca whale. There hasn't been not one recording death. But so, okay, I mean, if you I didn't know that. If you're very knowledgeable, if you if you had no idea, if you seen this mammal in the ocean while you're in a boat, you would not be scared. I'd definitely be well, scared. Well, I think the ocean, the ocean is just scary yeah. in general. Yeah, I mean, sure. what do we, we know yeah. more about space than we do about the ocean, they yeah, say. Yeah, 100%. Junior, I also feel that your your data and your study is probably a little flawed because... Fact <laughs> uh, so check. To, no, to be, to be real, Back though. Like, no, but Back to be check. real, where, where, where are humans running into orcas in the wild? Because orcas are usually... Canada. Yeah, but they're they're usually in areas where it's a lot colder, so people aren't just swimming in the ocean next to orca wells. It's like, you know, there might be some cases, but for the most part, you're not swimming alongside one as like you could with like a whale shark or like um, Honestly, other uh, I, blue whales, hump, humpback whales. I think I, there's more of a connection with whales because they are mammals. They breathe fucking air. And, you know, I love evolution. They say that, whales evolved from a pack of wolves that entered the water and yep. over millions of millions of years then mm-hmm. they transcended to whatever creature they are now but um i think one of the one documentaries that really really um i felt like a deep connection with and a concern with was was blackfish i know you guys watched that that was probably like top five best documentaries i've ever watched it was sure. a really good documentary uh, i actually bought that documentary yeah $20 and I'm scared I'm surprised <laughs> that you could watch it more than once because I watched it and I just imagine being at Six Flags when I was younger and uh, like I I went up and like got like let it kiss me and like yeah. you know the things like that and so like What's seeing that? it like drag down because um, I'll get into this right now it's like my phobia is uh, deep ocean so like wide open ocean um, so open ocean. We, we, we've already talked about this before but when we were in Greece um even though it's a sea, it wasn't. It's not an ocean, but uh, I was like, I, I did the the cliff jumping. He had to uh, purify himself. He had to purify himself in the waters of the Aegean. Uh, yeah, Aegean in the Aegean. seas of the Aegean. Uh, that was pretty badass, though. Yeah, and so like I, I jumped off, and there's this little twelve year old kid, and he's like, you know, egging me on, and he's like telling me like, hurry up, you know, like come over here, or like you know, and 
I was like swimming on the way there and I was good because I had the adrenaline in me from like jumping off the cliff and then I got like halfway and then I realized that I was in the middle of the in the middle of the sea and I like panicked because I couldn't see like it was there's clear water but like I didn't I didn't know what was around me or what could come up on me um so I freaked out uh but it's it actually was uh, my 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 boy just came back from the field. He just went on an Asia trip, uh, Jonathan, and uh, he was telling me that he went to Cebu in the Philippines, and he went he swimming with the whale sharks. sharks. Yes. And no, uh, like just the thought of it terrified me of being with a creature that big. And he said like, you can't see anything. The water is extremely clear, but like you can see maybe like ten feet in front of you and then all of a sudden you're or below you and then oh, yeah. all of a sudden you see this sure. huge mouth coming at you yeah. even though they'll, they'll like turn away from you because they don't you know that you're not plankton mm-hmm. they'll turn away from you it's still like seeing that mouth and like you're swimming in the middle of the ocean where you're um at a disadvantage to everything that's that's a big fear um my other fear is spiders but i don't think that that's important to, no, my, that's, fo- my other phobia is spiders and that's a normal phobia that's a phobia no i mean arachnophobia but yeah like, I'm arachnophobia. Actual... yeah like i'm i'm like uh so like i'm curious but at the same time like if even if like a daddy long leg is in the shower when i'm like going in the shower <laughs> i'd like scream? I, no, I don't scream <laughs> but i like i won't shower <laughs> Okay. Right, so so let's let's, let's like break drown, it down. Like try to drown it. Let's break phobia down uh, according to a website called healthline.com. So, I'm quoting them, the fear can be of a certain place, situation or object. Unlike general anxiety disorders, a phobia is usually connected to something specific. The impact of a phobia can range from anything that's annoying to severely disturbing or disabling. People with phobias often realize their fear is irrational, but they're unable to do anything about it. Healthline.com. And uh, for me, it's because it's uh, I follow, uh, you guys follow Black Tarzan on yeah. IG? Yeah, um, he's, dope. He's, dope. he's dope. He's dope. He's dope as fuck because he... Sounds like something I'd like. I came across his page because <laughs> usually, um, like, if I see something that, like, terrifies me, for example, spiders, I would, like, automatically scroll past it. But he broke it down in a way that kind of made sense to me because really what you're afraid of is something that you can't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you just yeah. don't understand, right. you know, their behaviors. Like, like if I see a spider on me, I automatically think that it's going to fucking try to bite me. Yeah. And yeah. every spider is you like that, deadly. That's like, not true. Yeah. Like poisonous. No, yeah. yeah. That's, that's something you, I feel. If you're, if you're actually all, scared of something, I feel like you should learn everything about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I kind of um, got, I don't know, it's not sparked an interest in me, but I feel that like the more... I learn about it the more that I actually visualize and see the movements of it then maybe gradually that fear will go away so there's a little story about why I'm so terrified of spiders so it was the night before I was leaving to Cabo when I was 20 years old I'm sleeping and I have an irritating feeling in my ear so I wake my mom up and I tell her you remember this story I wake my mom up and I tell her I was like mom there's something wrong with my ear she was like, okay you probably have an ear infection get a cotton ball put it cover it up in your ear so I do that and I'm sleeping and as I turn my head or as you know from from side to side I could feel something sliding down the canal of my ear and I didn't know what it was I thought it was a big-ass piece of earwax so this happened this was happening the whole night I couldn't go to sleep I wake up, I go into the bathroom, and I ask my grandma for a bobby pin, and she's standing right there. I stick a bobby pin in my ear, and I'm like, ooh, I feel it. It's a big-ass piece of earwax. It's a chunk. 
I pop it out and it's a fucking spider. A decent sized spider too. It was kind of fluorescent because I could see like it was like I could he was he was eating good because this (laughs) motherfucker was biting up my ear because I could see the blood in his body. Bro, I popped it out, bro, landed on the sink and I almost passed out. That was like the one time to where I almost passed out. Ever since that I'm like, fuck spiders. So I had no idea what kind of spider it was? I don't know what it was, but it was it was it was probably the size of a dime. So it was a pretty good size. It wasn't yeah. no like little baby ass little spider. So yeah. do you sleep with your mouth open still? Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he that. has no choice. Yeah, on yeah. That. What was that stat that like you we eat on average like seven spiders a year? Because yeah. he's like double that. Easy back. money. He, he, yeah. his, his mouth is wide open when he sleeps. Like, For real, man. I it's mean, like wide open. <laughs> no, I've seen him sleep. And this motherfucker sleep anyway. Bro, what was your, what was the, what was your bulldog's name? Kooji. Uh, Kooji. Yeah. And Kooji, they both be sleeping next to each other. Both of their mouths What do you guys think open. about this? Um, it was... Um, it was a theory that uh, came across me during the podcast, and it was somebody that was way smarter than me, so kind of had some validity to it. They say the reason why you fear certain things, to whether it's snakes or spiders, is because deep down in your ancestry, somebody down the line came across that particular creature and had a tra- traumatic experience to where it left a mark in your DNA um, outline or whatever. So that carried on and those genes passed and passed and passed and pretty much it's your body telling you that this particular thing is not good for you and it's trying to kill you. So it's like an instinct to, for survival pretty that. much. I mean, that's just, I mean, you could say it, w- it would be like um, a rational fear, right? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, they're, they're like, let's say in uh, certain areas, like there's a spider that's extremely poisonous, right? And like... Some people that are fearless of spiders will try to walk past it or try to go through certain areas and then they die. And the people that have that fear, they don't go, they don't try it. So then they never go past it and they don't die. Yeah. Like, right? It's about survival of the fittest, right? So, yeah. like, in that case, you know, the ones that were smart enough to steer away from the poisonous spider, back then we didn't have, they didn't have actual, they didn't have actual, um, like studies about that those things so it was just kind of like you either do it or you don't yeah and they said like be. to this day like so for you guys just off the top of your head what do you think all primates are afraid of what specific creature you think they're all afraid of naturally and this this these are facts too i mean you could pop this shit up all primates to whether they're chimpanzees snakes boom 100 percent snakes yeah. And that's because you know most of the time well, they're chilling in the jungle well, those snakes are poisonous as fuck yeah yeah well i mean I guess to a certain extent, I may agree with that. I probably would argue against it. Yeah. But um, I don't know if you guys seen those videos that went viral at some point where people were throwing like those large pickles at, at, at uh, cats and they would just freak out. And then they'll just yeah. like absolutely freak out. And I don't know if, yeah, there were cats. Cats get scared of pickles? Yeah, or I don't know what it was, a cucumber. It might have been a cucumber. Oh, because they think, they probably think it's a... Yeah, so that scene, I don't know how true it is, but they would actually freak out every time. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. They would absolutely freak out every single time that you'll just throw it somewhere, wherever. It it could be behind them, it could be in front of them, and they'll just freak out. Um, And one lady, I I was just following a thread um, on Twitter, and some lady commented that it's because they think it's snakes. Um, just naturally, so you're actually traumatizing the cat by doing that, so you shouldn't. But you know how yeah. that's a rabbit hole. Um, but I mean, so to a certain extent, I kind of agree yeah. with that. But then again, it's just we don't understand you know, look, it, yeah. so I think that's what we're. Because at the end of the day, a theory is a theory, and it's not proven, yeah. right? Yeah, so. yeah, that's not something I'll be down to 100% agree with. But yeah, 
Well, that's one of my phobias too, is snakes, because I don't completely understand it. Snakes, yeah. I mean, I've watched a snake give birth. <laughs> not, not in person. I don't know. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen a snake give birth. I mean, it's on YouTube. I mean, it's on. They shit out yeah. eggs, right? When well, I shit out eggs, but they. Yeah. They I mean, eat. it's crazy, and I actually my coworker's nephew breeds snakes, so he has like tons of drawers in his garage, and I think that's insane. Yeah. Like you just. And then you know, I also too, I think like in the in the Judeo Christian sense, you like are like taught like oh snakes are Satan, they're the devil, you know so. You know, be careful with the snakes. You know, it's, that's true too. Yeah, I mean, but I think true. that I think that it's the opposite, though. I think that because of uh, people's perception of snakes, that's why it wasn't internalized in the, or it was placed into the Bible like that. We'll talk about that. Whether that was like a true statement or it was that he lost his legs. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, but for punishment. I mean, <laughs> we, we could we could talk about that, but that's going into like how we believe that the Bible was created. Yeah, or was so, it created? So, mate, like. Because I remember when we were having this conversation, you seemed like you were inclined to understand a little bit more about your phobia. So, yeah. So when I was younger, I think I was like six or seven, I was in the Boys and Girls Club. And I was the youngest. I'm the youngest of my cousin, well, my girl cousins at least. And I was placed in front of a big screen TV and we watched Free Willy. It's a sad movie. Damn. Um, I mean, it's cool. It's actually a cool movie, but yeah, then like really you think movie. of like, okay, the bolts are coming out of like the the kept, you know, where they're oh, yeah. where they're kept in yeah. there, right? So like the bolts are coming out, and then you see like the way <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's insane to me because um, I was sat in front of the big screen TV, and I was the youngest of everyone in the boys and girls club, and I was the, the littlest, so they put me in front of the in front of the TV, and since then I just I was not able to go to um, what is it called? Discovery Kingdom now, but you know, well, like Marine World. That that, that makes me feel really bad about my own actions, and I'll, yeah, well, you should. Feel bad. I I I, and, care, um, I made her. I held her and made her go through the uh, through the oh Discovery Kingdom the shark the shark thing at Discovery Kingdom. So, I feel like I was there during, so during it was during eighth grade trip. It was during eighth grade trip. I was. I was, I was there. there. Yeah, I hella remember that. Why God, were you there? It was. Uh, <laughs> It was, uh, I was just no, one no. of those guys it was just leaving the hangout. <laughs> no, we like. Oh, no, we I'm surprised class. I didn't see you at my ten year reunion. <laughs> but but it. that but that stems from like now to this day. I am scared of deep blue seas and like when I, I if I'm in a pool by myself and I'm in the shallow one, I'm looking down in the deep end. I'm like fuck this, like get me out of this pool. Mm. And it's because like I don't know what's gonna come for me. But just because. Yeah. Um, my cousin had um, shared with me the uh, blackfish, and I mm. bought it. And I literally like put my TV in the corner of my room and sat the furthest away from my TV. <laughs> I think because, but it, but it's crazy because like you learn it and then you you're intrigued, like you're intrigued about all this, like why you know why are the like why are these mammals like in <laughs> captivity or why are they why do they want them right with Tilikum and all the other all the other mammals and then. And then you come back and, and you're like, people like Albert send me shit on whales. And so like I follow it. I start to follow it. And it's not just you. Like my cousin-in-law sends it to me all day long. They think it's funny. They think it's like, oh, this is going to get. you a few whale, uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't, and I, don't, I don't mind it. I'm, like, I'm looking at it from like a distance because I can't like have it close up to my face. But I'm looking at it and I'm like wondering like, and I'm, and I'm so intrigued by it. Yeah. And then I fall, I start following like, you know, how 
the orca whales are becoming distinct because you know like all this like the fishermen and all that so yeah, yeah. It, it, it it like you said it becomes like you're intrigued by it and you're, you want to understand it more yeah. uh, but I will never be in the sea with an orca whale or like go like whale watching like that's not me but it's just and it's not even like my aunt went and she went humpback whale watching and I'm just like oh no like <laughs> yeah, I would never right? do that yeah. You know, and it's like, and then my coworker went like orca whale watching. I'm like, no, I would never mm. do that. But it's like, maybe I will. I just don't understand it at this point. But I'm so intrigued about like why they're becoming extinct or why they swim in pods or why, you know. Yeah. So it's it's crazy how your fears become some, like something that you're interested in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe you're overcoming your fears. That's but one step yeah. in trying to yeah. overcome it and yeah. face it. That's what those psychologists will try to make you do too. Doing little things at a time, but that's kind of like a hard phobia to get over, is because you won't see a, a, yeah, a killer shark or a killer whale on. Well, I won't even every go day. into. Like, I won't even go into uh, aquariums. Okay. And I think I that's what aquariums. you brought me into was an aquarium was like even it was fishes. A, yeah, it was it was well, I mean it, it's a shark. It's like the shark. It's, it's I'm not even scared of sharks. Like, no, I no. Go with shark but it's just and I, will be I don't I don't know if you remember, but when you walk in, they it has these images of like the animals that are in water, and so like one of the ones that they have, obviously because it's Discovery Kingdom, is the orca well, and yeah. it shows the size of it yeah, and the ginormity like of it. Yeah, it's like kind of comparison how big that yeah, and then the blue well, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it is the apex predator. It is. It is. I mean, we we. I mean, no I just we sent a video of it. It tearing. Up, they tore apart another well, but I also saw yeah, it. Um, they hunt. They hunt they great hunt, whites. They hunt great whites for Together, the sport. Just but I liver. didn't even know that there was like two different kinds. So like even you oh, sending yeah. me mm-hmm. that, I'm like, what the hell? Like I'm mm-hmm. definitely like types of wells. 100% oh, yeah. percent scared of these. Or yeah. yeah. There yeah. there are two yeah. different types. I mean like. The ones that the tooth the the tooth wells are are wells that um they are more closely related to actually to dolphins mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the like the the ones that eat plankton that are mm-hmm. further removed they're more closely related to um, like the blue well like the yeah. bigger well so yeah that, you know that video of the great or the orca whale uh, eating the great white shark that was actually. Uh, they just caught. go for the liver too. Yeah, that was actually that footage was caught um, outside, like yeah. 15, 15 miles past the Golden Gate Bridge at the Fairlawn. Yeah, what do Islands. they call that? Triangle, some. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, and they, they like great white sharks are just they yeah. go missing from the bay, yeah. and yeah. they think that's why because yeah. the, the pods of orcas are yeah. are hunting them down. Yeah, but uh, well, you know what I think so. So Blackfish, to me, was a super, super powerful documentary. And I think that every now and then you're going to have, you're going to watch, you're going to come across these documentaries that leave a profounding effect on you. Can you guys think we'll, 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 circle, we'll circle the table of a documentary that just kind of affected you in a way that you, it kind of changed your perception on whatever topic they were talking about? Can you guys think of one? I, so I think, so this is going to sound... Like I guess a little less relevant, uh, but um, I was I'm I'm a big Jordan fan, so you guys know that, and I like know this Jordan? Jordan. Yeah, like Michael Jordan. Yeah, like Michael Jordan, and uh, Michael, so Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Pass. No, no, Michael Jordan. Uh, so, um, and I obviously had inclination to like ha- hate the Bad Boy Pistons, uh, but there was a documentary on the Bad Boy Pistons in the oh, Thirty yeah. for Thirty, and it was really good, and it it really like changed my perception on them. Um, but like, 
I think before that was like supersize me. That made me. I like. Oh, I, yeah. I haven't. I don't think I have like no, gone or sought after eating McDonald's since then. I think I watched that in high school. Yeah. 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 We I we. Um, it a long time ago too. One of the I teachers made us watch it. Yeah. I forgot who the teacher was, but um, I actually watched that one, and then I because I loved that one so much, um, watched uh, Bowling for Columbine, which was his. Oh, that was, or, was great which, one. which was not not him, but it was a. Uh, uh, what's his, what's what's the guy's name? Uh, he just dropped one too. The one that did Fahrenheit 9/11. I can't yeah. think of his name, but Fahrenheit 9/11 obviously was really good. We had to, we were forced to watch that. I can't think of his well. name right now either. But yeah, he's dropping another one that's supposedly a super. No, right now he already dropped it. Oh, okay. So it's like it's only in Michael some Moore? theaters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Michael Moore. Uh, this next one's called Fahrenheit. Didn't 11-9, they say he? Because uh, that's the day that Trump was. Elected. Didn't he flee the country once he dropped it? Yeah, no, he he went to Canada and dropped it while he was in Canada because he thought that he might be. Uh... Yeah, thank you for reminding me. I gotta check this shit out. Yeah, yeah, Fahrenheit eleven nine because yeah, the day so... that Trump was elected. So yeah, what about you? What about you, Rico? Um, I can name them all day, like yeah, Albert just yeah. did. But yeah, sorry. documentary. But one that'll for sure always stand out to me, uh, Planet Earth. Oh yeah, no, just the Earth whole series. Yeah, yeah, that series uh, amazing. Yeah. Planet Earth. Uh, but one of the things about it is um, the cinematography about because oh, it. it changed the game. It's just beautiful. The, yeah. And did you know actually the audio in uh, Planet Earth is actually that's fake. It's Everything dope. else is absolutely yeah. real. But they have I to. I think I looked that up too because I was a little skeptical when I was watching this. I was like, man, is this CGI? Because how hard. can they get these shots? The shots are absolutely all real. real. Yeah. The equipment that they use, they sit there for days, and they even have like these. Uh, um, it's the way they mount the cameras, and they're able to just sit there for hours, days, sometimes weeks, yeah. just to capture all the right footage. Um, so, yeah, that absolutely hands down one of my favorite yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah. for uh, for me. This is like something that I was really, really passionate about. So um, a few years ago, I came across this um, this article, and it was talking about the genocide of West Papua, of, of Papua, Papua mm-hmm. New, Guinea, New Guinea, and how the Indonesian government was pretty much wiping out this population because of their land. And I knew about it, and I was really invested. I wanted to know as much as possible. And um, it just... Time passed or whatever, and then I went to, last year I went to Hawaii and I went surfing, I fell in love with surfing, and it was weird how kind of like, how the world is so parallel, because I wanted to find a surfing documentary, but it was a surfing documentary about these particular surfers that just wanted to look for these new waves that nobody's ever surfed, so they went to Papua New Guinea, or West Papua, and they came across this tribe that pretty much was getting decimated and just they were just getting wiped out because and and this is crazy this is in 2015 and to know that like you're sleeping super comfortable on your bed you have nothing to worry about you got food in your refrigerator you know sometimes we bitch about all the things that we don't have but you don't realize what other people in the world are going through and like when I watched this, man, it was like brought me to tears and like it was like it really, really hit me because the connection between the surfers and the native people of West Papua was like so genuine to where like, man, these people are like they're 
they're people, you know, and they're getting wiped out. They're getting killed. Like they're talking to a tribes member and this tribes member was like, oh yeah, well I lost my brother because the Indonesian government killed him. And then I lost my, uh, my brother-in-law and then his, and then his brother-in-law's father. It's just like, it, it just completely changed me. And it just like really, really just hit home with me. You know? So yeah, that's one of them. It's called isolated, isolated. It's a surfing documentary that, um, really focuses on the genocide of West Papua. Nay? I mean, bringing it all round circle here, I mean, Blackfish really brought it to me just because it's a deep phobia of mine, but it got me into this place where, like, I was super curious. So, like, I mean, like, you'll never find me in a sea world. You'll never find me. I mean, I still go to Discovery Kingdom, but they're not there no more. But it's just a... Um, I follow orca whales on <laughs> on Twitter. I, do you really? I do. <laughs> and so like the, the thing that, that every step. everyone that someone like someone sends me like like Chona sent me something today. I'm like, oh, I already seen that. Like I already yeah. know. Like you know. Like and I'm just so curious about it. Um, I'm scared to watch a lot of documentaries because I think it will change the way that I think of things now today. Um, but I mean, Blackfish is really one that stuck with me and I've shared it with so many people and they loved yeah, it. Yeah. And so it was just like, That's and it brought me, and I sure. think yesterday, I mean, not yesterday, but the last time we talked, it, it brought me to like a, like how I was thinking about going to zoos, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, do I take my kids to zoos, uh, to zoos? Do I steal them of that? Like their childhood of not mm -hmm. taking them to zoos because mm -hmm. the way that I feel, I mean, even like the cookie box, um, the animal cookie box, like did, I don't know if you ever noticed Barnum, the Barnum and Bailey ones. They're right, like they were in cage, but now they're not. Oh, they're not anymore. They're not anymore. Oh, wow. so it was like well, a couple. Barnum of Barnum don't exist anymore. So well, <laughs> just a couple of months ago, like their their new branding and everything, they're not in cages. So it was oh, like, wow. I mean, I never been to circuses or anything. I know some come to like the city. But, I used to go when I was a kid. Yeah. Right, and then all the a lot of Latin people do go to circuses. Mm -hmm. Like my my in laws, they were like, oh, the, the circus is in town. Yeah, I'm like, really? Cool. Like, okay, mm -hmm. like you could take the boys with you, but I I just. That's, to have an interest yeah, in going yeah. but then it's like when you go to zoos do you go to zoo is that considered captivity but then i was telling birdie that i was listening to this podcast yeah. i was like as long as humans are alive it is not safe in the wild for animals so yeah. it's like the zoo is 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 for them it's like a you it's know, kind of it's like, like their a, sanctuary and it depends yeah. too how they treat their you know their animals like for me um i follow a page on instagram i was telling they this and it's one of my guilty pleasures because I have like this, like this urge to watch it, even though like I squinge every time I see it, but it pretty much shows you the realities of nature. Like for example, there'll be two lions, three lions, three female lions fighting to the death, trying to tackle down this big ass water buffalo. Yeah. And there's blood everywhere. There's guts hanging out. They show videos of like hyenas, like a pack of hyenas just tearing this gazelle up. But it gives you it gives you this sense of reality of how the how nature really is. Yeah. So when you go to the wild, you know. So for me, it kind of changed my perspective on captivity because you go there. I mean, they're pretty much they're pretty much living you know in paradise if you know right, to their yeah. standards you know. But then I think it's different from the zoos because the zoos ultimately they want to connect you. They want to give you a personal interaction with these creatures that we might not have in. 30, 40, 50 years. Like, remember last year, the last, what, black or white rhino died, the, the last male one? But on the other hand... Kept it alive longer than it yeah. would have been in, in wild. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. But on the other hand, we have we have circuses. And circuses are so brutal because how they treat yeah. their animals, you know, like, they rule with the iron fist. They rule off of fear. That's how they get these animals to do these certain things, you know, so... 
I'd be yeah. curious to see if there is a documentary out there about circuses and oh. how they treat. Let's start one. We got our camera right now. We got. I'm, I'm sure there is. Camera. Yeah, because yeah. growing up, I used to go to Cal Palace for um, circuses like that. Yeah, don't they have one at the Antioch. Like they have one. Not not full on though. Not like not like at the the grandeur of like. Uh, Barnum and Bailey, where you have like a yeah. well coming That's through crazy. with like jewelry on, uh, you know, decked out. That's what I saw, um, Barnum and Bailey when I was younger. You guys, wow. you guys follow a uh, black, black panther or black jaguar, white panther or no? I used black, to. what? Black panther, white tiger. Yeah, I used to. Or black yeah. jaguar, the, the, white panther. Yeah, all the, the tiger Mexican sanctuary. Dude, yeah, and all so that. pretty yeah. much all of his big cats are, they're they're rest, they're, they're circus rescue animals. Okay. And he just posted a video. Not too long ago, probably a few weeks ago, and there was a. It, they were in a circus, and there was this one particular tiger that was having a seizure, and the what is it? What is the ringmaster or the ringleader uh, yeah, or whatever? Ring, 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 ring leader. leader. The ringleader was whipping the shit out of them, and like, bro, this fucking tiger is having a seizure. Like, what are you doing? You know, like it's. Yeah. I don't know. Some people out there are just fucking terrible. They're just real evil. So do we think? I I think that that's in. I think that's been individualized towards like those circuses though, because like I, um, I I love zoos. So I love zoos and I love taking my children to zoos, just like I love aquariums and I love taking the children that I work with to aquariums because I think the 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 bigger problem is is that our students don't or like kids in this area don't get to experience those things if they don't see them in zoos like. Uh, I have friends that didn't leave California until they went to Las Vegas once. You know what I mean? And so, like, like <laughs> I like I honestly will say, like, you know, like I I know that seventy five percent of the kids that I'm I I work with are not are never gonna see those those animals in their habitat, right? And like their natural habitat. And like for myself, like I am I I travel quite a bit, but I I, I still haven't gone to Africa to see like you know the animals that I want to see, my favorite animals like. My favorite animal is a cheetah, and uh, the one thing about zoo captivity that does bother me is that cheetahs aren't given enough space to actually be themselves. Be cheetahs. Uh, so I feel like it should be though. You should only be able to go to their region or wherever those species are from in order to go see them. Oh, so you're on the flip side of the spectrum to where you're against. Yeah, them. no, I'm not completely against zoos, but it's just not. Well, I mean, because well, I because I agree with you to the point where where when you see them in their natural habitat, it's it's wild True. and their and their success rates at hunting are super low yeah like uh, polar bears i think they, oh, they're successful you guys see that 20. video of that starving polar bear yeah man. and that's how they normally are and it they, was skin and bones it was shaking fake, though. Couldn't it, even stay. so all right so i'm uh, sorry fact check so fact check yeah so um so the they actually apologized it was i i, I believe that it was national geographic but there was a person they were trying to make a point um, but they they realized that the reason that it was starving like that wasn't because of the uh, because of global warming. Yeah, it was because of the fact that it was blocked off basically from its ability to get into where it needs to go to get seals or fish. Right, like it it can't do it because of the the area that it was in. Um, the the like water was blocked off. Yeah, essentially to them. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. like, and so it's a little bit different, but. Because they need the, the yeah. perfect striking. Like, yeah. Because otherwise, they're, it's they're, a fail. I don't know what the rate is, but I know something like one out of every 20, they're yeah. successful. Yeah, I mean, especially when seals aren't, aren't like, yeah. seals aren't in the areas as much anymore, right? They, like, they move down the coast a lot more, and the polar bears can't really move because yeah. they're adapted to a certain space, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, also, too, I think 
another topic that kind of ties into it or a smooth transition into this is factory farming too because essentially you know it's inhumane captivity whether we're eating these creatures or not i feel like oh hold on guys it's fleet week so we have these uh, blue angels flying over my house in san francisco so you guys are just gonna have to bear with us as they pass rude anyway yeah so i think with factory farming it kind of it's kind of the same thing because these creatures yeah their fate is going to be on our dinner on our dinner plate but at the same time it's like i feel like they should have the opportunity to live their life you know in a more humane way in a sense Nah, yeah i've been watching a lot on just animal kept or farm farmer uh, captivity and it's actually made me kind of want to go vegan a little more. Oh, 100%. That's what or, I was even, say, or even just like, vegetarian in that case. Yeah. But even if you feel these type of ways to be, you know, like, you know, the whales are in captivity, the animals in the zoo are in captivity, is, is that kind of like um, hypocritical yeah. of us, yeah. you know, to be like, you know, you could say all this all day long, but you're still like eating. Yeah. yeah. And you're enjoying yeah. the fuck out of it. From, too, every time. from a moral <laughs> aspect, trust me, I, and I'm a big proponent of meat eating. I've I like to yeah. challenge vegans' thoughts to see what type of artillery that they're carrying to see if they can combat my ideas with theirs. But there has been times to where I've contemplated going vegan as well just because from a moral uh, standpoint, I don't believe in factory farming. For one, it's very, very detrimental to our health and all of those things that they're putting, all whatever type of pesticides or steroids or just whatever they're putting in there isn't good for us, one. And then two, there's pretty much suffering, you know? They, they live in this pen. They don't see the light of day. Most of them, they, they, feed, them, they feed them things that, that aren't natural to their diet. So that's why we have all these health problems. But then also, too, it's scientifically proven that humans did evolve. Well, not proven. There's very, very major scientific theories that believe that we evolved and transcended because we started cooking our meat. And that's the reason why we are at the top of the food chain. You know, so. There was a podcast, I think it was the Science Versus, and they were talking about mm-hmm. uh, veganism or if they're right. And, um, and it, makes, it makes sense. They but did a keto one too. When you listen, I don't listen to that one. But the vegan one, I'm just, it was intriguing to me because I, I think I listened to it like going to LA one time. And they're saying like, it's all good like you can be vegan and be perfectly healthy as long as you take these b12 um supplements right because yeah, they're you're missing something that's when it, the one from thing meat. that vegans yeah. lack is b12 iron there's a lot of things too but mm-hmm. also too it's just that people are so ideological and they're so tribal that they want to push their beliefs to you but we're all different you know like from a biological standpoint we're all made different so what works for rico might not necessarily work for me vice versa so for me i've tried the vegan diet i, I did i did two weeks before i went to cuba I, I, to cuba i did the vegan diet and my body didn't respond well to it and you know, i felt very lethargic um, my inflammation markers were super high um sorry we were rudely interrupted by somebody Albert, yeah, at this table, <laughs> I was trying to get. I was trying to do this quietly. <laughs> Didn't know that your uh, notifications were on. But, but anyways, I think we are due for a break. So, <laughs> listeners, we will be back. <laughs>
We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Forgive us if we sound a little lethargic or tired. We just ate some pizza, wings, and salad, and these two are drinking some Coke. They love their simple carbohydrates. They love that sugar. So just bear with us because I'm a little full. I don't actually usually drink soda at all. So yeah, right, every now and then, every now and then, you give yourself a little treat. All my sugar comes from coffee now, pretty much, and really? I barely get I barely get sugar in my coffee anymore. I drink it black. I drink it black. I drink it black, I drink it black but I like I, I like pumpkin spice. Oh no, that's the one thing too. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> when um, you'll 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 realize this when you're on like hardcore keto and you're like ketosis. If you have one thing of sugar, you're like whoa shit! Like <laughs> yeah. you're just your yeah. tolerance for sugar yeah. just goes through the roar. Your intolerance, I guess. And you have that harsh breath. But when you're in that first yeah, couple, that when you're in that first breath. couple of days before ketosis, you want sugar. So yeah. sometimes you want sugar so bad. It's almost like it's the like, it's like the fourth day, then you get over so it. So what do you do then when you want that? Uh, just use like stevia I, I, yeah, or something. I deal with it like black chocolate. We have it at work, and I didn't realize for the longest time, even while I was doing keto, that we had it. But, stevia. Yeah, but I even heard that um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick was talking about it. She said that like stevia. Even though it is a natural sweetener and it's a better alternative than simple carbohydrates, sugar, um, your body pr pretty much thinks it's the same thing. So it'll go back into burning the sugar right. instead of fat. Yeah. But, I love Dr. Rhonda. I love her too. Shout out to Dr. Rhonda Patrick for making our lives and our stomachs better. One listener at a time. But, anyways, our third segment. So tomorrow, Monday. Monday the 8th, October 8th is Columbus Day. In, in light or shade of Columbus Day, whatever your views are, we wanted to discuss kind of the importance of Columbus Day or whether you think that we should expunge Columbus Day and just replace it with Indigenous Peoples Day. But I think that is an interesting topic to talk about because something that I'm fascinated about. What do you think, Rico? About just calling it Indigenous Day? Or just your views on Columbus. <clears throat> I mean, so let's give them like an overall view for the listeners that kind of don't know like the whole inside of it. So so Columbus, uh, he landed in the New World in 19, or sorry, 1492. But before that, he had a hard time finding funding. Um, he went to Italy, he went to Portugal, he went to France. Nobody wanted to fund him. But the people that did want to fund him were the king of queen, the king and the queen of Spain. And they were like, you know what? We'll drop some dollars on you so you could try to make make it to the old world. Or they didn't even realize that a, a landmass was in the middle between Europe and Asia. So yeah, that's what it was. In 1492, he uh, took three ships, sailed, pretty much got lost. There wasn't really no, he wasn't known for his navigational skills. He ended up in the islands of the Bahamas where he came across the Taino Indians. Shout out to R.S.P. And yeah, the rest is history pretty oh, much. Yeah, yeah uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. So um, when, we were, when I was in Portugal, uh, Melissa and I actually went to the restaurant. Um, we didn't get to eat there, but we went to go take a look at one of the oldest restaurants in the world. I think it was called Botin or something like that. And uh, it's actually, so according to locals, it was the restaurant 
that Christopher Columbus went to before he went on his voyage. Really? Which was dope. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine that, though? You really have to be super ambitious to come up with a plan to try to make it to the other side of the world. And sometimes that's just how it happens, you know? There's just these random-ass things that just leads you into a whole other type of world. So where was it that he landed first? He landed in uh, in, a, in an island chain uh, next to... Um, the Bahamas or I think it was actual it was the Bahamas and that's when he came across the Taino people and He didn't even realize that he was in the real world uh, in, in the new world The reason why he called them Indians is because he thought he actually landed in India. He didn't even realize where he was and the one thing that he did notice was that these Taino people they were wearing gold for jewelry but to the Taino people, gold didn't really hold any type of value. It was just more as clothing or, you know, a part of their, their, their traditional costume or outfit or whatever. So he was just like, you know what? I think we hit the jackpot. And the sad thing was is that what he did was that he gave all of these Taino people a bell and they needed to fill up this bell with gold. And if he didn't, and if they didn't fill up the bell, uh, he would clip them. He would cut their arm off. He would cut their legs off. And um, pretty much all the profit and all the money that he made or all the gold that he extracted from the Americas were sent back to Spain. And that was pretty much the height of the Spanish Empire. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of something perfect we should kind of dive into with Columbus because I know there's a lot of misconceptions about what he did in history and what he did not do in history. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, kind of share, since this is kind of your expertise here, Share a little about like some of the stuff that he might have did or Well know. well one of the big things, I mean I think it's it's known now in mainstream history is that he wasn't the first European to land in the Americas. Um, the Vikings were there before he was. Um, some historians believe, especially my Afrocentric people, believe that Africans actually made it to Mexico because of a lot of um, a lot of artifacts that they found. Mm. Uh, that kind of looked or had similar appearances to African people. Um, and also, too, um, yeah, he didn't even realize to his dying day that he actually made it to the Americas. You know, he still thought he was in Asia. But, I mean, there's also a flip side to that coin, too, because what was really important to just the world in general was they brought things from the new world back into the old world and those things kind of gave a new identity to the culture like for example um, in italy tomatoes aren't native to italy but for some reason they are like the face of you know like the certain pastas that they make you know potatoes in ireland potatoes are native to south america you know but then a country like ireland relied on them so heavily that there was this huge famine and that's what pretty much made a lot of the Irish people migrate from the from their old country land into the Americas. What else? Even rice, curry too, all of that you would think, you know, that are are South Asian or like Persian type of foods, but no, all of that originated from um, the Americas. Uh, and yeah, it's fucking it's it's really interesting. It's a topic that you could just dive into because there's so many type of facets in, in there, but also, too, I mean, he did bring disease, and they say that 
90% of the native population were wiped out because of the disease. But then it's funny too, because the Native Americans also exchanged another disease that wasn't native or wasn't familiar to the Europeans. And that was, can you guys guess? Syphilis. The, the natives the Native Americans uh, brought syphilis to the to the to the old world. So, what do you guys think? You guys think that we should just expunge Columbus Day and exchange it with Indigenous People Day? What do you guys think? I think to think about uh, Columbus Day or to commemorate Columbus, somebody who, I mean, we credit for discovering the Americas is you know that makes sense in a lot of people's minds because like to them. I guess America wouldn't have been discovered by the old world if he never came across. But like, he was lucky to have been the first person to do it. If it was somebody else five five years later, that would that would, the day would be named after someone else, right? But yeah. Columbus did. Um, but I attribute him more to the downfall of the native, the indigenous people, and so like. I know that you know that you're talking about the disease, European diseases that were brought over and, and wiped out a large population. But I think also um, he brought slaves, uh, brought slavery to the, the Americas and took, um, I think it was 500 um, Native Americans back to Spain because he thought that he was going to find gold and wasn't able to find gold, and so he had to bring something of value back to yeah. the European countries, and so uh, he brought the. I think it was the Arawak um, tribes uh, back to uh, the European countries, and so like it wasn't just it wasn't just the things that you named the disease and the the way that he treated people as he was trying to look for gold, but it was also just the the uh, legacy of, of slavery and, and uh, exploitation of of the indigenous people um, that wave. He was the bringer of that wave of of everything that happened to the to uh, indigenous people and the struggle that came with it so to me i mean i don't know that it needs to be an indigenous people day i understand why people do that and right and like commemorating um that but i think that columbus day in general it might be i mean it he is a part of our history and, and whether that's right or wrong it is something that we we will continue to recognize um but i don't think that it should be a day that banks are closed and schools are closed because that's teaching that's teaching our children that uh everything that he did was right essentially yeah. by saying like okay we're celebrating this guy um when we have we're not even teaching the real history of everything that happened and and the history of columbus um I mean, when I was a child, I didn't I didn't learn about all the negative things he did. I just I just remember him being uh, this guy who was super persistent. He was a self advertiser. He was like he you know he like made himself uh, profitable by by coming to the Americas when he was trying to get to India for spices and uh, whatnot. And he just was he found another way, right? But like I don't want our kids to remember him that way because that's not what he did essentially so yeah so right now as because you, you are a teacher what do what do they teach right now um so i mean i'm like i think now the focus around I, I, at least in the earlier grades is like we don't really even like talk cover much history like that most of the history cover is is in the form of uh a lot of books my schools in general um we tend to teach a lot of our history coming from the perspective of 
uh, Latin Americans and um, Asian Americans because that's what our population is, uh, as well as try to give a good approach from the civil rights movement. But like to be honest, like I don't know that um, there is any curriculum that teaches Christopher Columbus at our schools, and so. Um, that's another thing is like my kids don't even know who Christopher Columbus is and yeah. I, 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 I prefer no to keep it there because yeah. I asked him I was like what do, what do you know about Christopher Columbus he was like I know it's on a Monday in October yeah. and so that was the that was it for him yeah. also too is the progression of people because now we're more aware like with the internet we could actually do our own research and see the havoc that he wrecked on you know mm-hmm. the new world too yeah um, what, what do they teach about Thanksgiving in general um, so, I mean, I, I think Thanksgiving is still, like, it's, I mean, it's, it's still controversial to me as well, but, like, I think when people talk about Thanksgiving, it's more of, like, um, what the Native, I, I think the side of it comes now is, like, what the Native Americans did for the Europeans, rather than what the Europeans did for the Native Americans, so it's just like that, because, to be honest, Thanksgiving happened because the Indians, or the Native Americans at the time were, uh, they were gracious yeah right they were they were gracious and the thanks is coming was about them mm-hmm. um but that's not how i remembered it as a child yeah. so yeah I, I think it's more realistic or more um closely true to what actually happened than what i remember as yeah. a there's a book that i read it was a really really good book it's a it's a quick read too it's called tribe <laughs> and uh pretty much they talk about how um in the olden days, you know, when like the Puritans and stuff, a lot of people fled from Europe, you know, to seek uh, freedom from religious persecution. They would find themselves, um, wh- whatever the case may be, might they might end up with like a Native American tribe. Mm-hmm. And when they were with that tribe, they had the opportunity to give back with to the Europeans or whatever you know uh, colony that they were from. But they, but they they chose the the native american side because it was just more of a natural way of life you know mm-hmm. it was a natural like humane way to mm-hmm. live you know and they said that the reason why like that that notion or that um that term like a uh, indian giver mm-hmm. is because a lot of these native americans you know they would share their wives and you know once you're done with their wife like hey like can you can i have my wife back now like hey, like you know you had her you know so <laughs> um, but so if you're trying to be woke about the whole Indigenous Day, Columbus Day situation. What are some of the stuff that you guys recommend how they should, I guess, approach the holiday or approach? Because everybody loves Thanksgiving, right? I mean, I personally love Thanksgiving, hanging yeah. out with friends, food, all that. Um, what it's become. So how do you? Yeah, yeah. What has become? But so how do you approach, or how you woke about it and then still enjoy yourself on, like a Thanksgiving or. Or maybe even if you have the day off for Columbus Day. I think it's a perfect way to strike up a conversation, like within those, you know, those circumstances, like at the dinner table, you know, you might be, or whatever, however way that you approach it, because some people are very protective of what, you know, information that their kids get. But for me, for example, like when I'm with my nieces and nephews, I want to be able to share the realities and the, you know, what actually, what actually happened, because you don't want to go have them go throughout life and just, you know, I mean, eventually they're going to know anyways, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it's just like, I mean, like, give, recommend books or like things that, I mean, like, I think Howard Zinn is is a good person to like start with because he did it from, a lot of his readings are from the perspective of the, uh, of whatever people were, um, 
I guess mistreated and so that's one place to start but then I think just doing like minimal research it doesn't take much research to actually like figure out those like what the where the tradition comes from um and so just like recommending people like hey like yeah. if you don't if you're not aware of what what happened you know like go just look just go read you know it. and it's crazy too because it's like i get so surprised of how people just don't really know about their history like i found like uh, for example when uh, people you know with ancestry dna like you know like, like mexican people you know they'd get their ancestors like oh my god like i'm, I'm spanish i have like i'm from like i have spanish in me you know i'm native Some american German or specific. just whatever but they don't realize if they know the history of their people and they could realize that it's pretty much a diverse melting pot within this world i mean that was the one thing i think a positive thing that the columbia exchange brought was that it diversified people you know because with the africans you know the native population was so decimated that they needed another minority to work so that's why they brought the african people and with those african and another thing too is that you know with catholicism um it was kind of promoted to, to mix that's why in latin america like if you go to cuba or Puerto, like you know or um Caribbean Spanish or even in Mexico you know you, everybody is just not one thing you know yeah. they're a mixture of either you know um, native populations uh, African uh, mm -hmm. Spanish and um, back in the um, back in the time of um, you know the, the foundings of Mexico they had to come up with a system to identify certain people and uh, they used a system called the Casta paintings and it was a painting that pretty much explained the mixture of how people of how how certain people are are composed mm -hmm. like for example a spanish person and an indian person makes a mestizo a mestizo and a spanish person makes a castillo a spanish person and uh, a black person make a mulatto and then so on and so on you know so that's how they identified and cast those type of people uh, i think that there's a lot of um, there is a lot of not knowing history or your history and i think that is something that we need to promote too. And then also, I think Latin people in general are very pretentious. Like I, I found yeah. it to this day. Yeah, like, for sure. like I see a Mexican person, <clears throat> a Mexican person, and he has a, 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 a Aztec tattoo, but he doesn't realize the story of the Aztec Empire yeah. and how Hernan Cortez took over that. So the reason why Hernan Cortez was so successful is because he recruited neighboring tribes because everybody fucking hated the, the Aztecs they were they were wiping people out mm -hmm. they were they were capturing people and using mm -hmm. them for sacrifice mm -hmm. you know really there was only two that uh, originally Hernan Cortez accumulated like 2,000 Spanish soldiers against the triple alliance that was in, in the millions you know yeah. so it's just like they need to realize that because Ultimately, they could be representing something that is pretty much the complete opposite way. Like, okay, you have an Aztec tattoo. You might be from another tribe, and yeah. that tribe got wiped out by the Aztecs, yeah. and you're over here representing a culture that you don't even fucking know. I think you know, important. read a book, you know, listen to a podcast, you know, yeah. get the, the 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 insight and the details so yeah. you could explain these things. But so, I think, I think, I mean, with the Mexican culture and, and just like the Aztec is like, yeah, like so little of them are actually have Aztec blood in them. Exactly. Yeah, it could so, be Mayan too. Yeah, it's it like, could be Mayan. It could be Mayan, whatever. Yeah, you, know, you know, so I think it's, it's something definitely to be mindful of. But I, I, I think like trying to force things down people's throat too and saying like you need to go do this or like you need to go read it. I think it, it takes away too from like the genuineness of like, because like, I mean, I know now with like ancestry and things like that, you kind of can get a more history of your own background. But like, that's not that hasn't always been the case and so people that take pride in being you know 
Aztec. Yeah. Like they sh- they should have that pride, you know, and and you know that's probably what they were raised as. So mm-hmm. um, I think like telling them like it is always good to like enlighten yourself, but like also you know if that's who you are, you know, I, I think it that's cool too. I don't know. Okay, so let's um, let's all do a vote. Well, not we won't even have to vote. Um, we'll we'll just we'll circle the table and would say should we keep columbus day or should we erase it i'm gonna go first i think that we should keep columbus day because it is a reflection of history and something that everybody needs to be reminded of of what actually actually happened rico what do you think i mean we could keep the history there's plenty of 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 history historical figures that we don't have a holiday for which is fine with me we Mm -hmm. don't need a holiday for them I don't get the day off anyway, so I don't know if you guys do. <laughs> no, so, uh, I'm okay with remembering Columbus. I just don't feel like we need to celebrate him. Yeah. Good point. I think similar. Um, I, w- I don't think it's necessary to get rid of the day completely. I think it's just, uh, I think how some places are recognizing the day now is, is, a, is a good step in the right direction, but I just don't think that it should be a national holiday. Uh, I think that that is the part that, that bothers me. But other than that, like, you know, if, if uh, like Rico said, if, if historically we want to remember what he did do, because, you know, we, I mean, ultimately would not be here without him having um, well, brought he... the Europeans to the, mm-hmm. the area, uh, you know, it is important to remember that. But, you know, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be like, oh, he's this great hero. Let's celebrate him. That he has his own day um, where, where children are getting the day off. Yeah. So, like I'd rather have I mean like I know some places do it but I'd rather have like a Cesar Chavez day um, that would be like a nationwide <coughs> or like a Martin, well, Martin Luther King is but well why is Columbus Day a national holiday anyways because well, didn't he didn't even step foot in uh, America did he no I don't know not, he in, did it. not in the United States no no, I don't even think he stepped foot in Mexico. I know he he was all through the Caribbean. I don't believe he, he did in Colombia either, and it's named after him. Yeah, I think he I, I, he went to uh, to Panama. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty through sure Venezuela, Venezuela, and uh, but yeah. What what about you, Nate? What do you think? So I piggyback off of Albert and Rico. I just I mean, there's a lot of horrific things that happen in history, and I think it it's it's what makes you know what we are today. And I don't think it should be celebrated, but it it is a a, a time in our history what that was significant um but i think if people do have the day off like why not just like my albert said like minimal research you know like just to get you like knowledgeable of what happened um, because like up until a couple of years ago when it started being like you know don't wear indian costumes don't do this because mm-hmm. it's offensive like that's when yeah. i started like looking cultural into it yeah cultural ap- appropriation and um and i think that's important because a lot of people don't know about that and i think it's you know when we're in school like we were taught that but i think it's just like minimal research can just get you a simple um you know like just a sense of what happened or what you know what 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 you feel went down because maybe that was heroic for some people maybe it wasn't but you know the indigenous people um have a different uh, point of view and i think it's important for people to just you know google it one day see what what that was all about because a lot of people don't know yeah well said well said Oh. I was in fact a, a Indian a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I did not know. That's funny. That's the main thing that I like to talk about too, because I've never really, I've never really had any type of feelings or thoughts on cultural appropriation. But there was a time, and this was at <laughs> this was at Outside Lands, uh, Albert, 
And we were right, walking through Outside Lands, I and I seen a group of white guys, and they had like a traditional African, like, I'm not sure what specific region they come from, but you know those African shirts that like are colorful, and like mm-hmm. they're kind of like, not plaidish or whatever. Tashiki. What, what, what is it? Was it the, the Tashiki? Tashiki, no. I'm it? not sure what's it called. We have to look it up. But I seen a few white guys wearing that, and like, it was provoking to me, and I was just like, whoa, like... What the fuck are these guys wearing that for, you know? But it's it's weird because prior to that, I didn't really have any thoughts. But, like, why did I have this type of feeling for it, you know? Like, I felt some type of way about it. And it was offensive to me, and I'm not even black. I mean, I have African ancestry, but I'm not black, you know? I don't know. You know, like... At the International Beer Festival, there's always somebody wearing somebody. some offensive shit. You know, all the fucking time. Yeah. So, it's... It, I mean, I, I'm not normally surprised at this point. But it does kind of like rub me wrong when I see like yeah people just I don't know especially when we're mixed right like yeah. I don't get offended to any anything yeah I think like, that's whatever. what it is too you know but then there are some people who do get really offended and and it's especially when you're in prof- you know in a professional setting too you have to have that like mm-hmm. you know you have to be cultural yeah. aware of the things that um like one there was a couple years ago I was gonna be a Bollywood you know like you know the whole yeah the whole thing and and i thought about it for a little bit and i'm just like that could be so offensive to that culture like like this is what they wear on an everyday basis and i want to yeah. be this for halloween like but mm-hmm. then it goes to like the um the dance the mexican dancers too like there's you know or like the um dia de los muertos and stuff like that yeah. so it's just like you just don't know and yeah. because i'm of you know three cultures like yeah. i don't ever take offense to it but yeah. i could see how people do yeah it's also the pop culture that uses all yeah. everyone's own culture to kind yeah. of as a, as a stepping stool. Yeah. I know. I just, I really, like, before, I didn't really have any feelings for that because, like, I'm fascinated with culture. Like, I love it. Like, wherever I go, I always try to, like, just try to look the part, you know? Yeah. And I think it's a part of me being open-minded or embracing, you know, the fact that I am intrigued with this particular culture that you're a part of, you know? And it's my way of paying homage to that. But... I think it was provoking for me seeing those white people it was just because like what it stood for, you know. It's just mm-hmm. like, I didn't, but I just looked no, at you them. Said, kinda... You made a comment. You said something as they were walking um, by. I forgot yeah. what it was. It was like, oh, you know, that's cultural appropriation, right, or something. Like, I, 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 I just threw kinda, that like, card out. What, what, what if they were really like? No, they were. It was. It was just. They were just. They were. They were like oh, drunk and funny. high, yeah. and they were just wearing. Yeah. He was just wearing a dashiki. Yeah. It was like more of like the. I mean, I guess because, like, in the hippie days, like, they were a little bit more common to see those, you know, like, so I guess maybe that's where he got it from, so for, like, people to have those dashikis on, well, like, one fake of my afros. Thing was, is I think that if I would have questioned them about, like, their authenticity or just not necessarily test their knowledge on, like, what they were wearing, but I guarantee they probably didn't have a fucking clue, like, where it no. came from. They were just wearing it just because it was probably trending. Or they were just probably trying to be provocative, provocative because people do tend to throw that around a lot. Like, oh, cultural appropriation, cultural appropriation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's like when Black Panther came out and everyone went to the movies. Like, do you think that was appropriate? Um, for them to go dress in the dashiki? Oh, I think it was 100% because me and Rico were talking about this. It gave the black audience, and not only the black audience, but just minorities in general, a face or a coattail to ride off of to be like, oh, this is my person right here. Every other fucking movie that we watch represents white people. How come we can't have our person, you know? And that's what Black Panther was to the black yeah. community. That's why yeah. I was all, you know, for it. Everybody, everybody was out there, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I went to the premiere... 
and pretty much like it was like 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 in San Jose, it's not a high population of African American people. The mostly the African American people <clears> there <throat> are athletes of some like they either played for San Jose State or went to school for athletics for San Jose State, and so when I went to the movie and saw like the like that there were so many African Americans at at a movie in San Jose I was really taken aback and I think it was like really positive uh thing and I think that people felt really proud of Black Panther um you know so I think that's the difference though it's it's situationally like if you're doing it on a Halloween night just to for you to go get drunk and I don't know, just, you're not doing it for a specific reason, you're just doing it just to dress yeah. up in a Halloween costume and go have fun. Versus in Black Panther, where it was actually a message that the movie was pushing out, and they were actually, I guess, dressed for the occasion. Yeah. Yeah, I and that, that was a message, too, that they wanted to, yeah. like, perceive with Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, and, and I mean, it was like, the fact that it was based in, in the Bay, too, was, I think, Oakland. Was big, yeah. big for me, because I think, like, um, I wish that the people that, that you know like I grew up in the African American community so it's like I wish that any any of the people that I grew up with had the awareness or like more uh, yeah. cultural pride you yeah. know and so like I think that that's something too is like I would like like myself I want to be more like I am very proud to be Puerto Rican and Filipino and I and um, I would like to be more aware of um my ancestry, um, but my grandma's my both of my grandparents don't talk about our history, so yeah, like to know to know that is really difficult for me, and so like I just wish it was more of something that our people in those kinds of communities uh, like El Pueblo would actually seek out, um, just for their I don't know, you know, curiosity or just for their like you know, some some more that they could be proud well, do of. Do you think that it's because of just the lack of exposure? Yeah, I mean, we're like, like I was saying, like when we we're when we we're younger, all of our books were these old, they were old ass textbooks, and every every person in history outside of Martin Luther King was white, was a white person. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, like, like I didn't, I didn't hear about, I didn't know who Cesar Chavez was till I was in high school, and we were doing the walkouts. Like, I didn't know who, like, I didn't, I didn't really know, I didn't really know anything about Malcolm X until one day I happened to watch the Malcolm X movie, and then I read the book. Like, this like middle school, so yeah. it's like, you know, like. Uh, people aren't aware of those things because it's not it's not part of our popular culture um, and so then you know I, I just like I like when movies come out like like Black Panther where it's like it gives yeah. a little bit of pride and people are able to like take it and run and go back and look or even if it's like you know even if it's something as small as like trying to figure out where what, what tribe your, your family stems from yeah. is something I think that's where a community kind of falls into the place to where you... This is why it's important to vote, mm-hmm. especially for local changes um, in your community. Because the reason I knew about Cesar Chavez, in, at, as soon as I started going to school, it yeah. was even preschool, because I, I came to school out here in San Francisco, yeah. um, up until maybe fourth, fifth grade, I don't remember. But Cesar Chavez is absolute huge out here in San Francisco. They even mm-hmm. have the street not too far from Cesar here named Chavez after him. So um, in middle school or elementary school, right? Yeah, and and so the the school that I went to uh, is Brehart Elementary in Hunters Point, and they absolutely, the it's the old to me growing up. I heard they just closed it down though. I think it's yeah, they're, they're, they're closing it down. Yeah, yeah it was uh, growing going to school there as a kid. It was the most diverse school in my experience that I've seen, 
uh, as diverse as it is, uh, mm-hmm. uh, African American principals, uh, vice principal, and they always like they. It was basically almost kind of like a. Uh, they were um, activists, yeah. and they pushed that whole agenda on all the students. And it, so it, early on in in my life, it was um, the activist type yeah. of characters that they represented to me in, in, in history. Nice. Um, so I was lucky to have gone. And then Albert just told me they're closing. Yeah, they were yeah. they're they're looking i'm i'm reading it now so they're they were saying that they they would until unless they got funding and it doesn't look like there's been any updates since then though that was yeah, that sucks. earlier yeah. this year you know that's like the one thing that i feel that we're all fortunate is because it's just all based on location it's just like the location that we happen to grow up in was super diverse so for me and i'm pretty sure for you guys too I feel comfortable around being uh, around being with black people. I feel comfortable around uh, Latin people. I feel comfortable being around Filipino people. And I just feel that... About white people. See, that's the thing, though, is because we didn't have that many white people growing up. You know what I mean? We had, like, the Italians, but the <laughs> Italians were always... They always were separate, you know? Like, yeah, that's funny, too, because when I grew up, I was just... I always had in my mentality, like, I'm not white. I'm not white. Like, Italy's, Italy, Italian's not white. Yeah. But then I embrace it more now. Yeah. But it's like, when I was younger, I'm just like, hell no, like, I'm not white. Yeah. Like, you know? And uh, to, up until I did my ancestry, I'm just like, damn, like, I'm 25% Italian, which yeah. I didn't even believe in the first place, even That's though good. my papa is yeah. pure white. Well, it's, it's all cultural, yeah, too, white. because it's just like, a lot of Italian, Italians take that notion is because when they came from Italy, they were like the, they were considered like the Mexicans of mm-hmm. today, you know, mm-hmm. like all the other Europeans used to look down on them, you know, they called them guinea wops. Like, you know what the term yeah, yeah. guinea wops is from? So, with like, you know, with like the Moors, you know, like about the Moors and how like they conquered like, you know, Spain and Italy and stuff mm-hmm. and like how they say that like Sicilians have like, like African ancestry or whatever. That's what the term Guinea comes from is because they think that they're diluted by, you know, from like North African or whatever. And then WAP is, is without papers, you know, like Guinea, like super mm-hmm. derogatory. Yeah. You know? That's like, you know, that's like calling somebody a spick, you know, yeah. or, or a beaner. Well, see, I am, in my Italian, I'm half, well, in my Italian um, percentage, I'm half Sicilian and then half Italian. And it was told to me, don't ever tell people you're Sicilian. Yeah. Because well, of because, because of yeah. that because uh, it's so did everybody here do their ancestry? I, I have not. I, have. I just got my updated. They sent me an update email. So what was yours? What did they tell you? Um, pretty much my Iberian was was completely changed. They wiped out my Spanish. I'm just all my Iberian comes from uh, Portugal, which I knew my grandfather's Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. What? I didn't get an yeah. update like that. Um, and then other subtle changes, like a lot of like my like my my very very minor traces of african kind of like spread it out a little bit because i have like seven percent african ancestry see that's and so funny because i for sure thought my filipino had like some type of african no, no, none yeah they're all african yeah. <laughs> what did you get Nick? i was i have it up right now i have 32 percent east asian 20 percent southern european 16 percent polynesian nine percent native american and nine percent iberian from the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of just exactly what I am. Yeah. Which was crazy to me because my whole life they told me I was adopted. <laughs> it's funny too. I want to explain that because <laughs> I find that like when I talk to Filipino people, they get really, really surprised about that Polynesian um, 
portion of them. But so what it is is that um, if you break down like just the whole like Oceania, they are all considered Austronesian. Austronesian is this one line that came from, and it's still like there's still theories on like where they like originate from. Some people say Taiwan. Some people say, um, you know, like the, the Malay or whatever. But those Austronesian people, they were seafarers. So they started off in the Philippines. And then from the Philippines, then they went down to Papua New Guinea. They mixed in with those people. And then those people spread it out to Polynesia to where they became Polynesians, Micronesians, Austronesians, um, uh, or Melanesians. So it's not ne like we're necessarily Polynesian, but we have a direct link, uh, ancestor that links back to mm -hmm. the Austronesians. Uh, so that's just kind of an explanation for people oh, that are... I don't remember my login information. So oh, my check. goodness. But, uh, Face ID. It was 51% uh, Native American. Woo! Uh, mostly in Central America. Mine um, like a motherfucker. Yeah, pretty much. You got some cutthroat in you. Um, then it was like 36% uh, or something around there, 32, 36. Um, Iberian Peninsula. Yeah. And I think that was mostly in Portuguese. Uh, yeah. And then the rest of it was Mali. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah. I just, it's just, a, I just love it because it just tells you that, like, at the end of the day, it's just we're all composed of just different shit, and there shouldn't be any type of animosity or, or racism or like just ill will to any type of race because you know we're all mixed up. Like, if I if really if I break it down, you know, I'm European. I have fucking European in me like a motherfucker, you know, and you know, it's white. I think it's you know? just the way. That you look, then yeah. Just, uh, That's where pride is kind of dangerous, yeah. though. Like yeah. we were just talking about, if you have Aztec and you have pride in that, then that should be okay. Yeah. But pride goes a long way, right? I mean, you look at at, at white people, specifically oh, yeah. Germans, and during the Nazi yeah, the era. Aryan race. That was pride, right? They were practicing mm -hmm. pride and nationalism in their pride. Um, so, just depends. I guess this conversation that actually, was also propaganda too they were fed yeah. this constant line that they were the dominant superior race and you should and they believe like that for, I mean if somebody tells you Aztec were I mean yeah. if, if they told whoever had the Aztec tattoo on them that they were at that time yeah. they don't believe that shit that's true that's true oh. alright I say we should move on and this right here is going to be the most provocative to some because we are going to talk about the Me Too movement and if you guys are, if for those of you that are living under a rock, we had a very, very, very controversial. Um, so President Trump's uh, Supreme Court elect Brett Kavanaugh was being accused by Dr. Christine Baisley Ford, right? Blasey Ford. Blasey Ford of sexual assault while they were both in high school. And um, what were the, the what was the final verdict for that? So, um, so the Senate. Um, they were previously going to vote uh, to confirm Judge Brett Kavanaugh, um, but one of the senators, his name is uh, Senator Flake. I don't remember exactly where. He's a Republican. Um, he got approached. He confirmed that he was going to vote to confirm Brett Kavanaugh, and apparently he had been close to somebody who had um, told him that she had been sexually assaulted before. Um, and so they, they kind of came up to him in the lobby, and started just basically going off on about uh, tell me my story doesn't matter. Look mm -hmm. at me in my eyes, tell me my story doesn't matter. And apparently it yeah. affected him. Uh, it like it really it really hit home because mm -hmm. uh, it, it it bothered him and he chose to kind of um, I guess change. He was having second thoughts, yeah. so he pulled a Democrat 
a Democrat senator uh, aside, and then they had this conversation, uh, and then they that's when they kind of all came together and decided that they're going to do an FBI vest- investigation. Um, yeah, so the, M- the FBI investigation was kind of a hoax, but, I mean, it was kind of like a, we'll give you a, we'll give you a little uh, to, like, kind of appease you. Essentially, they, uh, it was a very limited uh, FBI investigation. But it's not available to the public. It's only available to the senators, but according to the senators. Yeah. Well, according to Democrats, it was... The FBI investigation wasn't designed to really find anything new. Mm-hmm. It was just designed to kind of just go through what's yeah. already been brought to the well, table. he was super reluctant to even want to agree to an FBI investigation. Yeah. I mean, if that's just, what you guys want. Yeah, I mean, he kept on. Yeah, I mean, his whole, his whole demeanor the entire... Yeah, since even before just, the allegations, his demeanor was... Because I remember the very first time where his... Uh, and, and again, it, it wasn't a trial. It was an interview process. Not so... That's one important thing about this whole uh, confirmation for, for the judge. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald Trump chose this guy to become the judge yeah. of the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and they had to go through an interview process for all the senators to approve. And even from the very beginning, it was co- it was pretty hectic and a crazy environment inside the Senate. Yeah. Uh, and just because I remember the very first time I was watching, it was Senator Kamala Harris. Somewhere mm-hmm. right? yeah. She was asking him about... Um, about if he had spoken to anybody about the uh, uh, the Russian probe, uh-huh. or um, and at, at this mm-hmm. law office, I'm not sure what law office it was, and he was just, can you tell me who works there? And and Senator Kamala Harris was just like, you know, I'm not gonna name everybody that works there. It's a yes or no question. Yeah. And it was just really, um, I don't know. It was just sneaky. Like when you're trying to get out of a lie, yeah. you, you know it's. So that was the one thing that definitely rubbed me wrong in the first place, and I tried not to be biased. He's a re- re- absolutely Republican, yeah. Um, so I, it was just that's the first thing that rubbed me wrong. Um, and then next thing you know, uh, Blasey Ford comes forward and with the allegations, and then again, nothing's proven. So I mean, I understand the whole with the whole Me Too movement going on. It's yeah. it's instantly like you want to believe this accusation. But it's also kind of a super sensitive yeah. situation to kind of, you know. Yeah. So um, I think the one moment where it definitely did it for me, where he's like, this guy's supposed to be Supreme Court judge, was when he started lying about his, yeah. his, drinking. his drinking. Like, that's the most obvious shit to me, and I don't understand how it just goes over your head. You're at the highest, basically... You know what? That's it's so crazy. I gotta play this, guys, because it's like a meme Dr. now. Dr. Ford has described you as being intoxicated at a party. Did you consume alcohol during your high school years? Yes, we drank beer. Uh, my friends and I, uh, boys and girls. Yes, we drank beer. I liked beer. I like beer. Still like beer. We drank beer. Yeah. The drinking age, as I noted, was eighteen, so the seniors were legal. Senior year in high school, people were legal to drink and we yeah we drank beer and i said sometimes sometimes probably had too many beers and sometimes other people had too many beers what we drank you? beer we like beer i don't know uh, <laughs> you know we, whatever the chart says uh, on blood alcohol chart Oh, so my thing with that is right it's like 
like you you know that you drank man like we know that you drank yeah. you, you know it's, it's very clear like people are saying that you were dr- you were drunk and you were in a frat when you were younger that that got drunk a lot it's like why are you um making it about that and like why are you like vehement vehemently denying like um that you got too drunk by basically you're just saying like yeah i did drink i did drink i did drink and you're just saying it over and over but you're basically trying to tell them like i might have may have drink uh i may have drunk back then but like i didn't get too drunk you know and it's just like it takes your credibility away like you're under oath you're you're a judge in the highest court and just the way that he uh, his his reluctant his reluctancy yeah. to answer be like straightforward and straightforward was just like whoa yeah, yeah but that's the thing though it's a lot of people were coming forward and said this guy was known his college days for right. being an absolute fucking party animal yeah like he's just he was a guy that yeah. just drank and yeah. so black out guys, every time. what do you guys feel what do you guys and girls feel about persecuting somebody with an action that they did maybe thirty years prior to that like. I mean, for in this case, it's particularly different because we hold the Supreme Court judge to the highest standard, you know. But like for me, example, you know, I graduated high school ten years ago, and there's some things that I'm not proud of, and maybe there's gonna something that's gonna be something that pops out of the woodwork, you know. Somebody's gonna accuse me of something, you know. But you know, what I'm talking about it's just kind of like where do we draw the line, you know? Where yeah. does this, where does, how far does this Me Too movement go, and where do we know? draw the line like we don't know the rules yet well albert and i were just talking about that i mean not specifically about the me too movement it was just about past i guess i don't know shit that might have happened in the past um, that we've witnessed or been yeah, around past transgressions yeah. in general is just i think that the one thing is um if you're at peace with yourself and and if there's somebody else involved and you don't know if they're at peace with the situation alone um, I think that's a sign of selfishness and a sign like somebody at, at the level that Brett Kavanaugh should be at. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I expect from him specifically, but for me, I would expect me to kind of at least try to come forward and admit some guilt in something because I I'm not, I wasn't a perfect kid growing up, and then yeah. I'm not a perfect adult to this day. So there's scenarios that you can put yourself in that you will regret one day, but kind of just trying to throw it under the rug and then forget about it completely yeah. i think that's the absolute wrong way that that it'll come back and bite you in the ass yeah. so, so even if it does come back up in the future if you've kind of done your due diligence to make sure that you've brought it to light and make sure that that the parties involved were actually mm-hmm. they're they're good they're, they're okay yeah because yeah. there's a damage that you're doing yeah. that's not just to yourself because you can easily just move on but there's other people in that scenario that right. Yeah. Kind of just fall. You know, you don't know what you, you don't know what type of damage you're doing to somebody yeah. else at that yeah. point. So. What do you think, man? From like a female perspective, or a woman? Uh, well, I think it goes again, like the from the people's um, point of view. It's like, is he? I think they want to see if he's lying under oath, right? Like, did he really do this versus if he's gonna lie under oath, yeah. right? Like, should we trust him because he's going to come up to come forward and say like, yeah, this is true. Like, I drank a lot. I did this and did that. And versus like if he's gonna lie about it but as a as a mother of two boys it scares me 
because I mean, I try, you know, you, you I want to be the best mother to, you know, raise him in the be- uh, you know, utmost respect. But what if something did happen to mm-hmm. where it will follow them? Like, I just imagine Apollo, like, he's gonna be my trouble kid, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, imagine what he would do, or imagine what how, how bad parting will be in his days to yeah. where it's like. I would have, you know, like imagining like Kamala being my son, like, damn, like, how do I defend someone in there? How do I know the truth? How do I even know if he's telling the truth or how do you know, it, it, it goes back and forth. Yeah. But as a woman of like, you know, in, in, in the Me Too movement, I want to I want someone to believe me if I'm saying something that happened is true. Yeah. You know, so it, it's kind of hard and it goes both ways. Um, I don't know um, if I had daughters, if that would be different. But I just right. I just feel for my boys to where it's like. Like, damn, like, I don't know if they'll ever be safe because you just, I've just seen so many times where even people our age were, or, or even like, you know, around our age to where they have been a victim of something like this. And it's just like, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, you know, like parents are so, so involved in people's relationships nowadays. So we're like, well, you have to say this, you have to do this to where it's like, it turns into something that's not even what it is. Yeah. Right. So it's like. It's hard for me as a mom of two boys to even think about what that would be in the future or what, you know, what will come of it. I think for me, uh, just like to build off of that, and like um, I know that there was a video that uh, Rico shared. I was just going to mention that. We'll, 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 like uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, but like I think mm-hmm. for me, it's like the most difficult thing to teach um, and to understand is consent yeah. and impl- implied consent, and like you know, like. I think um, I said this in our group chat the other day. Is like when we're talking about consent and you're taught consent, it's a, it's like, like, can we have sex? Yes or no? And like, and in the real world, that's not how that's not how consent works, yeah. right? And that's especially when there's alcohol involved and there's things like that. And so we have to be mindful of like how we are uh, teaching. Um, uh, our, our youth of what what consent is and what it looks like um, and like what what repercussions can come from just an assumption right that oh like you know mm-hmm. um, she wants this or he wants this too because there is there's a lot of sexual assault that goes the opposite way too so I think um, you know I think that is the bigger that's the bigger picture and I think if out out of the me too movement going forward for those who do believe the, those women that come out and they should believe those women that come out um, but like for those people like wondering like how do I raise my child to mm-hmm. not um, victimize others or to or to fall victim it's like we need to truly understand um, our our norms around uh, yeah. sex and, and consent um, and then thinking about this the only thing that that um, scares me is is like watching this video yesterday mm-hmm. um, that he's uh, he'll talk about in a minute but it's like um, basically Catholic moms are like worried about their son's futures and that their sons are going to be treated like Kavanaugh was and for me that scares me because it's exactly why Donald Trump was elected and that's yeah. and that's why Donald Trump continues to be successful to some because he plays yeah I put I put uh, air quotes <laughs> quote quote unquote uh, successful because um, in his base he has played the victimhood uh, card really well and he he uh, makes people that Fear. are in his base uh, fearful mm-hmm. of becoming a victim um, these people that are like white and entitled but they they feel like they're gonna become a victim if the the left um, continues to 
rise right and so um like seeing that video it was kind of disgusting i kind of wanted to like throw up because it was like it made it it was painful for me to see it's like oh like oh you're so worried about your 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 young men but there's like women have to live in fear like how many times um have like how many times do men have to feel like i can't walk down a certain street or i have to i can't like do certain things without like having pepper so I've, i've never had pepper spray on me yeah. Or I've never had to have a rape whistle or like I've never had to worry about how I'm dressed when I go out like and you're talking and you're making this video about oh my god I'm so worried about my sons and how they're going to be perceived if women this movement keeps going so. Yeah. So the video just to go into about what the video is about it's uh Catholic moms made basically a campaign video for Brett Kavanaugh. And the video was going into how they're raising these strong men, responsible men. Um they they're just raising good men. And then uh, they're kind of twisting it at the end where you think it's just a commercial about good men. And then at the end, they twist it about being it all, all of it getting taken away by some woman that's accusing you uh, of, of sexually assaulting them. And then she's lying. And, and then just it's it's terrible. It's a really bad. I mean, if you find it, that'd yeah. be great. But it's just a really dark video. Yeah. But it's such a. Uh, a Trump campaign thing that's absolutely the he's good at that yeah. he's absolutely good at playing the fear card and then playing into just playing into people's fear in general yeah um especially people that are religious yeah. like, and no no offense to religion it's just specifically to uh bible he, he does yeah he does play to that mm-hmm. crowd but. all right well i so, do have one question though. yeah i do too so what about the women who do in fact are lying yeah so it's like, I, as a woman, I can lie up and down and say, this guy did this to me. Yeah. And, and, and I want happened. people to believe me because of this Me Too movement. And I get away with it. And it's like, yep. men will spend years in jail or, yeah. Yeah. you know, serve yeah. their time. And it's not, it was never that case. And that's what happened to a high school kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Kid. Yeah. I just remember reading the article. Yeah. He spent like six years in jail and he was like a star athlete and everything. And then the woman came up six years later and was like, I, I dropped Brian, all charges like I was lying. He's a football player or a basketball player. I'm uh, not exactly sure which one. one it was. Brian Banks, I know for sure, was one. I don't, I don't, he was he was accused and then he like missed his whole, he was like recruited to USC and everything like that. And he was like top recruit. And he spent like eight years he in spent, prison? He spent like a good portion of his like That's what terrible. could have been his career in, in prison. Yeah. And then the, the lady actually didn't come out and she like... She like said it to somebody like jokingly one time, and like the the the, the uh, there was video of it or like a recording of it um, that she was lying, and then they went back to court. So the women had to, the woman has to pay restitution now for like that time, but he lost time of his yeah. life, you know. Yeah. And I understand that, like, and I understand that, and I think similar cases with like people that accuse stars that like you know because they want money or things like that. But I think like you know. If at the at the minimum there should be an investigation, yeah. If those types of things happen and like you know and just like in in every other thing, it's like due process for those things. But like in some regards, like if you're if there is like I don't know there. I also think there has to be corroboration. Yeah, I think yeah. hear them out because women that have been sexually abused or in a situation where they're sexually assaulted, they know the truth. Yeah. If they hear the story, they'll know the truth. I think the thing is just to listen, because mm-hmm. most of these women really want to be heard. Yeah. Um, and then if you, there's a ton of women that have been in that situation that probably will be able to help them out. 
um, yeah. get them through that situation. But it's I think the problem is is that if they've actually been sexually assaulted, you don't know how long that's actually been destroying their lives or, or yeah. what kind of turn it would have made. And then on the other hand, yeah, it's dangerous in a situation where you can absolutely blame a athlete about because if you if you think about it, this he was an African American kid, right? Yeah, he was. And then I mean, you look at the thing with with uh, um, Turner from Stanford, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, at what point? Like, where do we draw the line? I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the answer for that. But I think it starts with just listening, at least, right? Because also most of the too communication. Listen. So like, if you have sons, even daughters too, you need to tell yeah. them the reality of the situation and what's going out there in the world. You know, you just have to be smart. Yeah. You have to know your boundaries and your limits. Me personally, why I take offense to the Me Too movement is because it kind of goes against your your natural human reactions, you know, the norms and stuff like that. We're all, you know, as men and women, whether, you know, you're straight or gay, we are we all are naturally attracted, you know, to wh- whoever that might be. And there, there's always that like that that cliche term to where, oh, you know, like um, I. Uh, I've read the wrong signs, you know, there's like miss miss signals or whatever, you know, so it's just like when you're trying to, to push a line and that girl, you think that girl's all for it, but really she's just being nice, you know, she's being friendly. It's just, yeah. Those are the problematic situations right there that you really have to take into consideration. And, and then like just, yeah, just communication and yeah. talking in general. Yeah, like going back to what to. Albert said is being able to find a way to teach consent or just how to, I guess, in that case, read the situation that you're talking about. Yeah. That's crazy, though. Like, I'm going to sit down with Daniel one day and be like, make sure the girl says, like, yes, like, I want to have right. sex. Like, you know, like, what conversation is But I, also, I think though. it starts, psychologically, I think it starts before that in, in situations to where um, he or she, in the scenario, when they just go up and hug someone when they didn't ask for the hug or something like yeah. that. I think it's just space. kind of premeditated start. Yeah, just yeah. just understanding yeah. space. And then also too, it just changed the whole mood and the environment of any type of situation. Like for example, um, now it's like super frowned frowned upon to to date somebody that you're working with. But then back in the day, like that was like pretty much the norm. Like a lot of people, you know, they met their significant other through you know working together or whatever the case might be. You know, going to school and stuff like that. But it's just like now there's just going to be this this tension in the air. And there's going to be certain things that you're like, oh, shit, I don't know if I could do this. Yeah, I don't you know if I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think working at the same company is fine as if you work on an immediate team. Then I think there yeah. could be a conflict. Well, I mean, that's how, I mean, ultimately, that's how the interactions start, right? I mean, you have to have some type of, you yeah. know, one-on-one or, you know, group, group-on-group interactions to come up with those connections. But, yeah, you got to be careful with that, too, yeah. though, because there's yeah. a, what's his, what was the, the other justice uh, had... Uh, also had a court case. Um, oh yeah, his hearing. Um, yeah, the the oh, what's his name? The, he's um, the black guy. He's he's the he's so the black. Same justice. situation as as Brett Kavanaugh. But there was a, a a Supreme Court nominee that had the exact same thing happen to him, and the woman's name was uh, um, she was also a, she was a professor. She was also African American too. They both were. Um, she worked under him. <laughs> yeah, and and the stuff that that he says is just shit that. That yeah, you could just like be shooting shit about you know he was like he like would watch, I, I believe he would like, say shit like watch that. porn he would like he would talk about like him watching porn like type yeah, porn he watched yeah. but he would like just say it to her not like trying to hit on her he never like made a move towards her but like just that enough was like she was like she felt sexually harassed so yeah but she he did try to 
Oh, he did make. Yeah. yeah no, I don't know if he made a physical move to her, but he did ask no, like repeatedly yeah. ask her out and yeah, yeah, yeah. tell yeah. her things he he wanted to do to her. Um, but I forget their name. Um, yeah. But that brings me to my last question, uh, and I don't know if you guys want to continue on the topic. But you close in, it out in the in the scenario for Brett Kavanaugh. I guess my question to you guys would be: What would have been? Um, what would you have want to heard from? Um, Brett Kavanaugh in in the Blasky Ford situation, like what would have been, I guess, accepting for you to hear one, and then two. Um, I guess just for him to fix the entire situation right there and there. So this is something that happened, I guess, thirty years for before. Me, I would say just to ha- come off a little bit more authentic, because everything out of his mouth was so reluctant, so like wishy washy, so like yeah. you know. Uh, trying to uh, avoid, you know, like the actual question. Like yeah. he would find these certain ways, you know, to avoid them. He even came off angry, and that was a huge thing. But yeah. but President Trump actually told him to do that. But, yeah, well, of yeah. course that fucker did. But <laughs> you know, it's just like if, like, you know, we all we all can sense, you know, authenticity and just his voice and his actions and his characteristics. And you know, and it's not even about that because it's like like for me when I first like kind of. Went read over it. I'm like, damn, like they're really trying to get this this, this guy for us for something that he did in high school. You know, he's like 60 years old or 50 years old or whatever. You know, but so what would you have wanted to hurt though? Like, what would have been an okay scenario to what he would have admitted to or not admitted to, or or what would have been okay for you to be like, okay, maybe he's he's through that. I don't think I don't think that there is something that I'd feel okay hearing from him. Like, right. I don't think there was anything that I could hear heard from him that would have been okay but i think um if i if if i had to say like f- for him it would have just been to like if anything for him to maybe say like hey you know i did have a lot of drunken nights and mm-hmm. you know i i do know you you know and we we have had encounters but i don't remember that incident mm-hmm. and like i apologize if i um did something that made you you know like that made you feel you know this hatred towards me for so long or that put you in put you in counseling you know like i didn't know that my actions um at the time in this incident that i don't remember like so taking accountability yeah you take accountability but you also like i think i think part of it is like he also needs to you know accept like she is telling a like in watching her it seemed like she was she knew like it was it was very true it seemed like she that that had happened to her and that that pain was there and so for him to just vehemently deny that he even drank enough to accidentally or like not even accidentally but like to do something like that it it kind of like made me feel like oh he's definitely guilty now because he's just he's arguing like a lawyer right he's he's being a lawyer right now instead of being a person that's that's under trial that's on or on trial or um, being nominated for the highest court in the law yeah or in, in in the country or just even being like empathetic, like being a father of yeah. daughters, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. like 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 you said, like I understand, I, mean, I may not understand what you're going through. And there was like a case where they were saying like because it was a significant event in her life, she remembers it vividly, but because it was something that he didn't think that was so serious mm-hmm. that he doesn't remember mm-hmm. at all. But but even just being sympathetic of like the fact that she felt that way or he made her feel that way, mm-hmm. that I mean probably would have would have been taken you know more lightly than than the way he acted because it was just all anger and it's more defensive to where yeah. like if someone was accusing me i would act the same way but if i just threw a little bit of like you know being sympathetic yeah. or even I don't yeah know. that's two of the things that the senate tried to 
or, or the people that were defending Kavanaugh actually tried to push was that, one, he's a human, so of course he reacted that way. Um, which, yeah, is backwards. And then on top of that is they were accusing Miss um, Ford that she was, it was mistaken identity. And I don't think you forget that type of yeah, stuff. No, you, There's you, no you, way you, you forget you were, that type yeah. of stuff. You were raped. You were, you were raped. We believe that you're raped. We just don't believe that you're raped. Well, she, he, he, didn't act, she didn't actually get raped. Well, no, no, I mean, like, uh, I mean, but sexually like assaulted. sexually assaulted. Like, we believe that you were sexually assaulted, but we just don't think that it was him. Yeah, yeah like, that's, that's such so bullshit. Up. Yeah. It's such bullshit. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's where I stand on everything. Like he, he's nominated, and I think one thing that I, I will take away from all this is that he is not a terrible. Um, he's not. He doesn't have a terrible history in law. Like he's had a pretty good career as as far as judgments go and making making um, land land um, landmark decisions. Um, but I think the one thing that the women and liberals are the most uh, defensive. The reason that he is so controversial is because he will essentially be the body that they need to overturn Roe versus Wade, which is about mm-hmm. um, abortions, abortions and and control of the woman body. And so, um, ultimately, you know, I think I think this this is a blemish in history on in the Supreme Court, and I think that time will tell. But I think ultimately he is. Um, going to never live this moment down and it's going to haunt him for the rest of his life regardless of whether um, he goes on to be successful or not I think everybody's going to forget about it you think so? yeah but uh, it's just I don't know why I just I rung a bell in my head I think ironically I'm not sure if it was him I think it was him I think he's the one that led the case against Bill Clinton when he was in office he did he did yeah he was he was a he was a prosecutor against uh, uh, Bill Clinton about about getting some some sloppy in the <laughs> White House sloppy in the White House. Yeah, so, that's funny. All right, I think we should close it out. We're almost at two hours. Any final words, Posse? Um, I think we should mention that um, that there were people who commented that that the topics that they want to hear and um, and we do take that into consideration and for the next um, episodes to come. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you can find us on Instagram. Um, we are proactive on that. Yeah, give a comment on our page and let us know what you guys want to hear. Because, you know, we're doing this shit for you guys. And we didn't mean to get a little dark, but hey, this is what's real. And this is what the podcast is about, man. So, That's what um, it is. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to be signing off now. Yep. Guys. All right. Until next time. Until next time, time, podcast posse. This is What's Real. We are out.